time is 11.09 and it is a Tuesday and I know the regular guest on a Tuesday is certainly Andrew Dembina, so let me welcome him on the programme. Good morning, Andrew. Morning, Sadia. Long time no speak, as we were saying just before this interview started. Yeah. Hope you're well. Yes, I'm very well, thank you. It's been a while since I talked to you now. Um, so yeah. what have you got food and drinks-wise for oh. us? This is always my okay. favourite, right? Yeah, right. Well, it's a mixed bag as ever. And um, I had to really mention this because some people are interested in the findings of some of the list of best, uh, let's say, restaurants in some, bars in others. Um, Just recently in Singapore, last uh, Tuesday, in fact, the 17th of October, um, was the much-anticipated first first time that the world's 50 best bars, which is a big, a big deal as a ceremony because there are lots of uh, smaller versions of this. The company itself is based in the UK and they do a world's 50 best restaurants. They also do the world's 50 best bars. And it's never before been held in Asia. So that was the first time it was. It was held in Singapore um, last week. And it was the 15th edition. And it really has become one that I know from speaking to those in the industry that people, both the restaurant version and this, the bar version, are absolutely bending over backwards to, um, you know, to, to, to be in the list. And so it features this time around the 15th edition of the world's 50 best bars, 28 cities around the world, uh, including 11 new entries. There's Louisiana. There's a couple of other places which have not been in there before. Um, they're roving um, judges that go around different continents. Um, they have people actually based on the ground. Um, I can admit now that years ago I used to be on the panel. Uh, I'm not anymore, but I was for some years of the of the one um, of the Asian edition. And um, I, I can I can mention it now because I'm not anymore. When you are on it, you're not supposed to say. But it's um, so it's a mixture of people who are um, uh, journalists uh, who are reporting a lot on food and drink, but also uh, people who are actually in the industry. So owners of bars, top bartenders, etc., etc. And so it also includes this uh, this time around for 2023. The list that was just announced: two bars in Australasia, meaning New Zealand and uh, uh, and Australia. And also there were five bars in South America, 22 bars in Europe. That's less of a surprise in the top 50 because uh, there are um, some uh, very, very highly awarded and very old bars there. Um, In Hong Kong, though, which uh, should pick our interest a little bit more, Koa um, uh, has been around for a while and it has been the number one bar um, recently in Asia's 50 best bars. 2023 it placed number 20 on the global um sort of scale which is really great going 20th best bar in the world for somewhere in hong kong that's not too Um, bad yeah really fantastic and uh, and also on the global list is um argo restaurant which has done well in the asia lists as well um uh and this is number 34 in the current list i should mention that the world's 50 best lists uh, of bars in this case, but when they do restaurants as well, they also always give uh, a week or two before they announce the, uh, the the 50 best in a big ceremony. They will do a kind of as a teaser, numbers 51 to 100. So although their website 
um, even is called, um, you know, world50bestbars.com and world50bestrestaurants.com. They always include numbers 51 to 100, and it makes for an interesting uh, list. Oh, also, I should mention that within the top 20 um, of the best in the world that just came out, Seoul in Korea um, has placed uh, oh. as a new entry. That's yeah, it wasn't even in the top 50 last That's time. That's because lots of people um, are watching Korean dramas and thinking, oh, right, OK. <laughs> actually, yeah, you know, and I, I went to a media event a couple of weeks ago, um, which was um, uh, someone was over from a, 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 a museum. In fact, this was... This has played out. I don't know. You might have played this one out. Of, uh, it was someone who was representing Porto in Portugal um, of um, uh, yes. uh, uh, the, the World of Wine yes, Museum. Yes, yes, I did. Yeah. Yes. yeah, right. Um, and um, among the media in attendance uh, with, the, uh, with the director, the CEO of this uh, new facility in the cultural district in Portugal, uh, Porto, um, was, um, uh, was saying that he was going from Chinese media to Seoul because um, he get, they get so much demand. They have to go every year now. The Chinese media in Hong Kong have to be on it as far as uh, Korea and Seoul is, uh, is concerned. And as you rightly say, it's, uh, it's to do with a whole realm of interest in culture from Korea, including the drama, including K-pop, and, um, you know, the, I, I'm surprised. When I went to the UK recently, um, I, I'm hearing a lot, uh, because my son is at university and so through some of his friends, that, um, that like very early 20-somethings in the UK are into K-pop. It seems to be mostly female listeners. Um, that does seem to be, this is what, um, what I'm hearing. Mm. But uh, it, it, that's mostly because it's boy bands um, that, they, that, they, that they find, you know, the, the kind of bit of a bit of a kind of uh, yeah, they're quite cute looking boys. That's what yeah. I, <laughs> I think it's, it, 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 it's as visual as uh, as musical in, in the attraction. Yeah. Um, but it's um, but it, but it, that that is interesting. So Singapore and Bangkok got an entry each inside the top fifteen to, uh, for for top fifty bars for two thousand twenty three, and within the top ten, which featured plenty of Europe, um, uh, UK, and the US, it saw. Sips Bar, that's the name, S-I-P-S, in Barcelona, topping the list for the first time. Unsurprisingly, it's the first time because they only launched in 2021, which is interesting because often the bars and restaurants that appear in these lists, rather like in the Michelin Guide, have been around for a while honing their craft. But hey, this new bar in Barcelona is the brainchild of two of the city's uh, awarded bartenders that have been in several bars for some years before, so it's not entirely surprising. And its mixes has a lot of knowledge between them, between the two of them putting their heads together and launching this new one. I sent you a picture, listeners, I sent Sadia a picture which is on her Facebook page right now, um, uh, which you can go to and see. Which is and just Sadia Usmani on Radio 3 RTHK. You can see those pictures on there. Exactly, and the, the first image um, for, the, uh, for the food and drink-related stuff is something that looks rather a rather arty, large cocktail, mm. and this is from the number one uh, bar in Barcelona called Sips, and it's, uh, it's from, a, very, uh, it's from a, a selection that they call their eccentric selection. So it's interesting. The two people that run this, they've got really uh, traditional skills in bartending and mixing. They've won lots of awards, but they are doing things in an unconventional way. The cocktail contains a 15-year-old brandy, which on its own would be usually a premium brandy, you know, sort of not one of the cheaper ones. Um, 
with, uh, but it also blends pine nuts, raisins, and freeze-dried spinach. Oh, like a soup. That's quite a concoction, it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, if you warmed that on a winter's evening, that sounds <laughs> with the brandy and that's with a bit <laughs> of bread. Really quite, quite delicious. Yeah. Um, okay, so if you uh, if you want to see more on the details of the full list, which, as I say, actually goes to 100 um, listeners, you can go to theworldbest.com, and from that you can select the uh, world's best bars. Okay, changing, uh, but but keeping a kind of uh, a link, segging into this next topic today. In pursuit of a global expansion, the Michelin Guide, previously known as the yardstick for top restaurants originally started in Paris originally um, for drivers around uh, or those that, that visited uh, Paris it, it went wider into other parts of France Lyon the gastronomic uh, center of France some will argue between Lyon and Paris and it, you know Michelin which was uh, it started uh, 123 years ago and it's always had its reputation uh, as a food a restaurant uh, guide really, although it does always give information uh, for every destination, city destinations or country destinations, it does both uh, for places to stay. But now it is going into a new realm. It just uh, announced recently this month that they will start doing a guide on hotels across the world as well next year. And it um, is going to, instead of the uh, stars that the restaurants have, it's going to rank. Uh, it's establishments with keys as an icon. You know, right. the best ones okay. getting, yeah, the best ones getting uh, three keys as opposed to the three stars that restaurants get. Criteria. What do you think the criteria is for the best uh, <clears throat> for the best hotels? I mean, well, we've got we've we've gone off a bit from food, but it, but it's sort of related because it's accommodation. You know, known for uh, you know, the luxury of the rooms. I suppose this whole yeah. going back to the star system in terms of three star, five star. Um, you know, yeah. and the top five-star ones, even five-star ones, sometimes you can kind of argue whether or not they are five-star to tell oh, you the yeah, truth. For sure. So. I mean, actually, you're quite right there. And the same also, I think, goes for any restaurant review um, in any publication um, or and say and save the hotels. I mean, there are supposedly discussions by the collective judges on what uh, or, or, the, or maybe a top tier of, uh, of, of judges and different guides on what will rank as the as the top. And in the Michelin Guide case, they certainly used to, and I believe they still do, send their reviewers to more uh, than one meal at a place if it's considered that it's going to uh, that it's going to get any stars at all between one and three. Uh, I don't know if they still do that. They certainly used to. Um, so uh, maybe a, a, if any listeners have insights in that, that they could let us know. But I, but I know that's the way it used to be. So I would hope they would do the same with, with hotels as well. All the same, it's still subjective, as you say, Sadia. I mean, it's what those people think of it. You know, and when will that start? Review. Is that something that's about to start or is it still to, in the pipeline? Well, the reviews have begun. Uh, it will be published, <laughs> although no month has been given, to, in 2024. And it will be a global um, rating. Uh, a certain amount of it will be online as well, as is the uh, the restaurant guide these days, because they're competing with a lot of online-only content. So, for example, the best restaurants um, in the world and uh, best bars are online only. They don't do a book version, so they have to compete against that. So it's quite good for the user. Previously, 
um, you had to buy the books, which, um, you know, which was a, a nice thing to have on your shelf and good reference material. But, uh, but now the reviews became shorter and shorter in the books. And finally, Michelin Guide put their content online. So you don't need to. They, they make money now through advertising yeah, that happens uh, much you know, on Guide too. Online. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So um, the picture that I sent you related to this, um, Sadia, was um, their first ever edition, 123 years ago. Um, in uh, 1920, um, in a in a in a hamper because it was just it's the way that that shot was styled by the, oh, yeah, uh, just by the, the company, vegetables in a hamper, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, it's meant to be for people taking, um, for, you know, for going off as a picnic. But I've got to say that basket of vegetables doesn't really look like you're going you're going to be having <laughs> no. some picnic on those raw vegetables unless you're taking a goat with you, like you know. So. <laughs> Oops! Oops! Oh, it looks like we've just lost him there. But uh, tell you what, what we'll do is we'll just put some music on and I'll find him again, all right? Okay. We're going to take a break from Rick Astley because I think I prefer Andrew Dambina at the moment. So he is back. <laughs> Hello, Andrew. Sorry, I don't well, know what happened there. <laughs> thanks, Sadia. No, I don't know. I'm not sure. I, was, I, 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 I know that you don't, you, that you don't always, um, you know, sort of, there's not things to answer when I'm talking. So I was talking to... To, uh, to myself for a while there, but I'm not sure what was happening. But, um, yeah, I won't try and sing because I think Rick Astley might even do that a lot better than me. Mm. But um, so I'll, spare, I'll spare you that. Um, I, was, I was saying, and I'm not sure if you, um, if you caught this, the listeners, and, and Sadia, um, that um, in, it was, it's interesting that the Michelin's biggest competitor in the global rating um, and regional ratings of restaurants and bars, that is um, the 50 best, list that we talked about a little earlier mm-hmm. has already gone into hotels this year so the michelin announcement uh, really is unsurprising they're right on the heels of their biggest competitor now which is uh, the you know the 50 best company so uh, so it's interesting that they're both getting into hotels as well as food um, another topic i wanted to talk about today unrelated this time is a recent uh, New York Times report that I was reading about the benefits of the Asian spice turmeric, which has become a big star of the wellness supplement um, sort of world some years ago. I would say about 10 or so years ago that um, that turmeric has really become something that people take in capsule form or in powder form. I do, I do. You do? Yes, I do. Okay, what do you... What do you take? What do you what do you take it for, and and how do you find uh, how do you find it as a supplement? Well, basically, oh sorry, I've got a funny throw here. <clears throat> basically, okay. I've been taking it for um, about a couple of years actually, and mm-hmm. it's turmeric with black pepper because I think the black pepper is supposed to help it absorb into the system, and okay. it's supposed to be really for any kind of inflammation, any joint pain, and things. That's yeah. what I yeah. take it for. Yeah. And but, in all honesty, I mean, you know, with all of these things. You never know whether they're doing a job because if you don't feel it, but if you don't feel anything, that's probably a good sign. Um, yeah. I have yeah. I have noticed that once or twice when I've been on holiday and I've been not so strict about taking it, mm. um, I have started to feel a wee bit of pain in the joints here and there, oh, and that's well, like after two weeks of not taking it or something. So so it's obviously doing oh, yeah. a job. So I I just stick to it regardless because I think. Um, that, that's interesting. The fact that you've noticed that uh, is it is it at a time where you're not thinking about it, so it's actually that you'll just feel the feel 
you'll feel the pain. So it's not that you're thinking, oh, I wonder if I'm okay. Yeah, no, it's more of a, you know, when you go on holiday and stuff, you kind of forget and then you get distracted and your timetable is different. So you don't take the capsules. So it wasn't something I was intentionally thinking about. So that's what I I thought about myself. That No, it was definitely the fact that I mm. hadn't been taking it, that I noticed a little bit of a Ah, slight pain here and there. So... If you don't feel well, anything, that's a physical it's a good reality then. Mm. Yeah, that's not that 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 takes away from a possible placebo effect, mm. which is uh, which one can kind of argue about many um, um, sort of natural supplements. That's interesting. Um, well, um, the report was a response to a study that's been done in Thailand, uh, which is uh, where where the um, uh, yeah where the the ingredient which is used in food there, as it is in lots of Asia, is um, in, in capsule form. Uh, it's actually something called the compound uh, is curcumin, which is uh, found within dried turmeric, which, mm-hmm. uh, it, which as you said, um, is treated um, or used by some to soothe joint pain. It's also, uh, and, and inflammation of, uh, of joints and muscles and improve mobility generally. It's also been used for um, indigestion, um, gastrointestinal symptoms like bloating and pain after eating or, other, or at other times in the intestines. And so in, in Thailand, um, a, a study was uh, made of um, 250 or so people and the person in charge, Dr. Krit Pongpirol, um, and uh, Associate Professor of Preventative and Social Medicine at the Chula Longkorn U- University in Bangkok um, has, uh, um, has, has, has come up with some, um, uh, some kind of uh, conclusions that it seems... What happened, I should say quickly, is that people were divided into three groups. Some were given um, the chemical uh, treatment for indigestion or actually something called functional uh, dyspepsia which means it's like indigestion but it's, it can be quite severe and people have to live with it and they're treating it all the time um, it's not the same as something that uh, people may think of when I say that it's not like IBS it's, uh, it's really to do with people feeling something after eating and um, some people were given that uh, cure that is prescribed by doctors sometimes others were given curcumin and then the third group was given a mixture of the two. And it was found that those, this was over a two-month period, and it was found that those who took the curcumin um, also found alleviation from um, the uh, dyspepsia that they, that they lived with um, yeah. in, in, in the same sort of amount as those who um, were receiving both those two things together or those who were taking the chemical um, uh, p- prescription drug. So um, there were there were um, reactions by uh, American uh, doctors to this gastroenterologists. One called Brian Lacey, uh, a professor of medicine at the Mayo Clinic in uh, Florida, um, said that the results would have been more convincing if there had have been a placebo group, uh, because he said without that it's impossible to know if the participants' responses were from knowing what they were taking. Um, or from that placebo effect that we just mentioned with you. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll be short because I can see where we are time-wise, yes. but uh, the conclusion was that um, there's very, very few side effects with taking um, curcumin or turmeric for intestinal matters compared to the prescribed drug. So that's a good thing.
Yeah, I think so. I think uh, if there's no harm in it, you should give it a shot. Thank you so much. The same results. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant, Andrew. Thank you ever so much. And okay. we'll talk to you again Thanks. soon. All right. Time sure. is 11.30. Um, let me just tell you the weather forecast for today. Mainly cloudy, sunny 